0: Hey, everyone. This is Kyle Bumgarner. Uh, Welcome to the Orthodoxical Podcast. And so uh, this is just a little teaser that I wanted to throw together. And uh, yeah, my goal is to kind of just give you an idea of how the structure of this podcast is going to work. So essentially, normally it'll begin with me just getting kind of the boring administrative stuff out of the way, doing the whole influencer of like, you know, smash that subscribe button, like, share, tell your friends kind of thing. So that's typically how I'll start. And then I'll give like a brief Intro to uh, our guest for the de- that day, and then uh, we will, uh, you know, hear the theme song, and then we'll jump right in. All right, let's get to it. Hey y'all, and welcome to the Orthodoxical podcast. My name is Kyle Bumgarner, and I will be your host. And normally, I would be joined by a guest, but today um, I'm just going to kind of talk about Orthodoxical and what uh, I was kind of thinking when I started it, and what I'm thinking and, and kind of hoping for this podcast. So, uh, you know, typically I'll ask my guests a little bit about their uh, theological and spiritual background. So, uh, for for me, and for my the- uh, theological background, so I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, you know, I grew up in in what I would describe as a fairly standard white evangelical church. Um, you know, a lot of focus on Scripture and and you know evangelism and really just trying to to do um, to do the work of the Lord uh, of of bringing people and and saving souls, really in a lot of ways, and so. That was kind of my, um, that was kind of my mo in a lot of ways. Was just I tried to be a good Christian kid, um, and then uh, you know figure out what that looks like. I was heavily involved with a ministry called Young Life in high school, and you know that helped me grow my faith and 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 think about serving others and and reaching out to people uh, with the gospel uh, more. Uh, more deeply and more richly than, you know, kind of a lot of other people in high school were thinking about. And so um, I was very uh, kind of set on like a ministry sort of path. Like I, I really loved Young Life. I really loved what they were doing and I really wanted to, uh, you know, be a part of what they were doing. And so uh, I, I kind of made the plan that when I was going to go to a college, I was going to go to a school that had a pretty like uh, established Young Life uh, Ministry, and they had actually had several people leave that program and go on Young Life staff, and uh, and you know my plan was basically to like go uh, to go to college, get a degree in like communications or religion, so I'd be prepared. Then uh, get married, uh, or you know find my wife, get married, go on Young Life staff, kind of live my life and live happily ever after, and that's not what happened at all um so basically i i you know when i first went to college i think just for there were a lot of things that kind of coalesced into just having a really challenging time uh and basically a lot of serious like mental health struggles that i had um and and you know troubles with like community and finding the right community and and what was going to you know help me like spiritually grow Um, and then kind of in the midst of that just a lot of uh, working through some pretty serious like doubts, um, some pretty serious like questions that you know like I think when you're raised in the church and you're just trying your hardest to do you know to do your best I think a lot of times you end up thinking about or you end up not thinking about all the things that people who aren't in the church uh, just ask questions because you just kind of take those things for granted and then when you step back Uh, a little bit you're kind of like wait a minute why do we do that or why do we think that or you know something like that and so I uh, yeah I just I had some very like serious doubts and, and dark nights of the soul and a lot of questions and you know basically like there were several several periods and several like points during that season of my life where basically like uh God just kind of like carried me, more or less, um, and, and people around me. Where like I, I was like functionally not really believing in 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 God or the promises of God, but just kind of like I'm just gonna put one foot in front of the other. God's gonna like just have to gonna have to pull me and drag me and or send somebody else to do it, cause I just I can't keep going. Um and and so that kind of defined a lot of my, um, my college years, I would say just, you know, it was, it was definitely a hard time. Um, so fun fact for people, college is not always the best four years of your life. And so I, I graduated and was really not sure what I was going to do. And just in a random, uh, like turn of events, my, my freshman orientation leader had Uh, her senior year, she was two years older than me, she was talking about um, when she was graduating, she was either going to go on Young Life staff or do something called the Fellows Initiative. And I was like, Fellows Initiative? What's that? And then she told me, and it was basically like this uh, nine-month internship program where you worked a part-time internship, you took seminary classes, you volunteered at a church and local nonprofits, and then you did a lot of like career exploration seminars and Things like that, um, and so I was like, "That sounds dumb. Why wouldn't you just go do Young Life ministry? Because it's so fun." Um, and I, <laughs> it's funny because then like my senior year came, and I was like, "I'm really struggling with belief. Like, if I go on Young Life staff, and I'm and I'm in this way, like, I just don't know if I can do that. But and I've never really thought of anything else. So I don't I don't know what career I could do." And then I remember uh, her, my uh, my orientation leader, you know, saying that she was doing the fellows program, and I was like, okay. So I googled fellows program, and the first thing that came up was the fellows program in Charlottesville, Virginia, at uh, Trinity Presbyterian Church. And I looked at it, and they had a really good website. And so I applied, and got in. And it ended up uh, the the fellows initiative uh, in Charlottesville ended up being one of the like just absolute life giving transformative experiences of my life. Um, I, and you know, if, if you're, if you listen to this podcast at all, I'm sure you'll hear me talk about it. Like I've, I have several friends from my fellows program who are going to come on the podcast. Um, I have uh, just so much wisdom and things that I've learned so much transformation for me and how I think about the, the world and how I think about the gospel and God and all these things. Um, and, and really kind of, how I how I try to live out my faith was was changed and, and altered and, and broken down and built back up during that year. And so I really, uh, you know, have a lot to, you know, thank that, that program for. Um, yeah, so, you know, long story short, from there, I eventually ended up uh, deciding to kind of enter into the field of higher education. So I went to Virginia Commonwealth University in Richmond, Virginia, where I got my I just recently completed my master's uh, in education or sorry, master's in counseling education with a concentration in college student development and counseling. And so essentially my goal was to uh, be like a career advisor or an academic advisor or even potentially um, if those kind of things didn't work out, go back, finish a few credits and then go get my license to become a mental health counselor. Uh, and so, yeah, that's kind of my my background is a weird mix of, of counseling, mental health, student affairs, higher education. And that was kind of my plan to to where I was um, uh, where I was going and what I wanted to go into. And so, um, you know, really tried to find something and, and still kind of in, in the process, honestly, of job searching. I think, uh, you know, covid is definitely not a great time to, to finish grad school. Uh, But, you know, right before COVID got started, uh, I just uh, and this is kind of the lead in more to uh, orthodoxical is that, you know, I just had this this, you know, kind of nagging feeling um, and this feeling of almost like the way I, I keep describing it to people is that it felt like in a lot of ways, like theologically and spiritually that I was kind of on a desert island. And what I mean by that is that I will say that like my, my church communities both in Charlottesville and in Richmond were amazing. Like I really loved the people that I got to worship with and and be in community with there. Uh, but in terms of my own spiritual formation, in terms of, uh, online resources and, and things that, um, Things that were being put out and, and resources that were given to kind of uh, edify and build up believers uh, in the Christian faith that there wasn't really a space where I felt like I belonged. Like I felt very much kind of like a misfit. And so like just to kind of give you like an idea of like the landscape. Right. So um, like a lot of my a lot of my time, like with Young Life and and other um, you know, like organizations and even like the church I grew up in um, is it's in terms of like theme, it's very non-denominational, but it's in terms of actual denomination, it's a Southern Baptist church. Uh, and so I, you know, I kind of grew up in that like Tim Keller, uh, D.A. Carson, sort of uh, a John Piper kind of, not really John Piper, um, which in a lot of ways I'm kind of thankful for now. Uh, but yeah, just these, these guys that were, were super smart and, and super, um, well-versed in the Bible and theology and kind of how, um, we can apply that to, to the culture that we live in and, and how, uh, you know, God's word makes claims on our lives and things like that. And I'm really grateful for, uh, for those thinkers and leaders, you know, a lot of these guys kind of do work with the the Gospel Coalition, um, and and so I would say that, um, yeah, I mean the 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 kind of Gospel Coalition suite of people was like a very like formative thing for me. Uh, but I think what happened, what I realized both in in college and kind of really going into fellows was that. I think I kind of came to a place and it's, I was actually just talking to a friend of mine about this um, not too long ago, but I just had this like feeling that I was like, there's gotta be more than just trying to basically the way that the Christian faith that I held kind of Function was that you know the world is falling apart and we're trying to like save as many people as we can before it just completely blows up and and we need to like you know basically be like every single day like evangelizing and 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 trying to like tear down uh you know people's arguments not in like a mean way always i mean i think tim keller is probably one of the best at like just very gently like poking holes in uh in the in the sort of uh, dubious claims of of our culture but it was just kind of like that was sort of like the the end-all be-all of the Christian faith was you you need to try and tell as many people about Jesus as possible and what else would be if that I mean like if that is the only thing that matters then really there's not much else that's worth doing other than you know, I guess like, you know, if you had a job, then you could have more money, which you could give to people that are going out and preaching the gospel. Or if you, you know, did this, you could preach the gospel at your work, basically, or something like that. And, and I think like working, so I, I led Young Life when I was in high herb or college and, um, and I, and I think somewhere along the way that model just kind of really, I was like, just very kind of just wary of it almost, where I was like, this just seems off, where it's like, yes, that I believe this is important. I believe that, you know, Jesus calls us to make disciples and, and do things like that. But I'm like, there are so many people that are having issues that are not related to their ability um, to understand the gospel. And there are so many people that the issue is not that they don't know jesus it's that they're like sick and dying or that their their house was destroyed in a natural uh natural disaster or something like that and and i was kind of like is my goal like just to you know like tell them like hey man like jesus loves you which i think it is but i think it was it was just kind of incomplete and through the the sort of gentle repetition of some of the speaking and uh and people that we heard from when I was a fellow um, at in Charlottesville and d- during my fellow's year, that it, it kind of they helped me reframe a lot of what I would thought. And, and a speaker that I heard named Amy Sherman really put it together for me because I was kind of like having this sort of uh, discombobulated, like very confused sort of moment of like, you know, she had just read through like this these portions of the Old Testament and portions of the New Testament that basically pointed to something completely different than what I'd ever heard. Like the concept of God creating a new heavens and a new earth. The end of revelation was like, I'd never heard that in, in like 24 years as a Christian, I had never heard anything like that. And she was like, the gospel that is preached in a lot of American, particularly American white evangelical churches is is good but it's truncated Um, basically that it's incomplete and i've even heard i think dr anthony bradley talks about how the gospel of a lot of uh american christians begins in genesis 3 with the fall basically saying like we're sinful and then it kind of ends at the end of uh basically i would say probably the end of paul's letters more or less uh, but we know that the, the the gospel or the Bible is longer than that, and so the story in itself is much bigger, you know. And and you know, this was the first time I heard the paradigm of uh, creation, fall, redemption, restoration. That like you know, the Bible begins with God creating a good world and and giving Adam and Eve purpose and and vocation and telling them to to fill the earth and subdue it and to create culture and to to do all these things, and that is. Such an important part of understanding why the the decimation of of sin and the entrance of sin into the world in Genesis three is so devastating because you see that it mars not just our relationship with God but our relationship to the world, to each other, to God's relationship with the world, and how that kind of works. It's you know it's the reason we have natural disasters. It's the reason we have you know, sickness and disease like cancer, it's the reason that there's war and famine and, and just all these really terrible things that can't be explained by just like poor interpersonal relationships. And and that just to me, kind of really through through the through the reading of scripture, through the reading of the the whole um, the whole council of scripture and not just like select parts of it in the in the New Testament or the Old Testament really kind of helped me see that this is you know that this is kind of what the the gospel of God is: is that not only is God saving just our souls and and our um, uh, and our and securing our eternal destiny, but He is also reconciling us to one another, human beings, into a created um, new community. He's also creating a new kingdom, a, a new heavens and the new earth, as it says in Revelation, where everything wrong will be made right. And to me, that was the best, that was actually the best dang news I think I had ever heard. Um, And so I was just like pumped and on fire. But the thing that was, was difficult was that, so on the one hand, I have kind of this sort of gospel coalition faith that I think got a lot of things right, but was really kind of missing for me some of those aspects of, okay, well, what about... What about vocation? What about, you know, that God cares about you doing good work at your job and you creating opportunities for people at your work and just doing a good, like doing good labor essentially, no matter what it is, whether or not you're working as like a janitor or a construction worker, as a lawyer, as a like, uh, uh, as a as an accountant like any of those things are are like important uh important ventures that we can take on as christians and they bring glory to god when we do them well and we serve people well in that way because it's it's a foretaste of the kingdom of god that we do well and we do good work and we establish good work that helps people and helps people flourish and and so you know not a whole lot of writing about that not a whole lot of writing uh, particularly about issues of, of justice uh, and, and be that uh, economic justice or, or racial justice or and, and environmental justice. So There's really not, not a whole lot to say about, OK, what does it mean to to be a good steward of the creation that we've been getting? Like, what does it mean to to care about the world that God has given us? Or what does it mean that, you know, we live in a country where historically uh, people have been have been marginalized and hurt and beaten down and, and systematically uh, killed, discriminated, tortured. like we have a very dangerous history and just a little sidebar on that. So my when I led young life, one of my um, co-leaders who ended up becoming like a, a serious like spiritual mentor to me. He's I always say he's the second best man I know after my dad. he's the most Christ-like human being I've ever met. Um, a guy named Chris Lasseter. Uh, We're complete opposites demographically. He's a, well, now he's a a married black man in his mid forties and he's got five kids. And at the time, and still now, like I'm a single white dude in his twenties and uh, you know, we're completely different demographically, but we have such a similar sort of heart uh, and, and interest. Like we both love hip hop. We both love basketball Uh, like we're both like obsessive about basketball like we can tell you stats and numbers and teams and stuff like that and we both really love um we really love theology and 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 the bible and uh and, and really just telling people about the god who loves us and so i think it was really chris um and being under chris's sort of leadership and and being his friend that my eyes really started to open Um, to a lot of the historic and continued injustice today, particularly around the black community. But then obviously that opens doors to conversations about um, immigration and, you know, uh, in uh, Native American history and how the U.S., you know, was way completely missed the mark there as well. And, And so it really... Conversations with Chris and, and people that he pointed me to, people like um, people like John Perkins and um, uh, Charles Octavius Booth and Nanny Helen Burroughs and Julia Foote and Jerina Lee and all of these like sort of historical um, black church uh, mothers and fathers that were just very committed Christians and, and believe, you know, the Bible is the word of God, believed in. You know the faith is received kind of through the ages but we're uh adamantly working to transform society for the good and that meant taking on things like white supremacy It meant taking on um, the Klan. and then taking on all these like really bad groups and so i you know started to really i had already kind of had a heart for that uh, just you know the area where i grew up in uh in virginia is is a very diverse area. And so I'd grown up with, um, you know, surrounded by people of color, basically my whole life. But I think like a lot of people, when you're a kid, like you just, you kind of take that stuff for granted, but you don't really take for granted, like how that got there. And then like, there are differences in some ways, but you don't like, you're like, obviously like my skin color is different from theirs, but like, I don't really see that. And so I think, and then I think like, like, public school history. Like you just kind of learn about a very specific segment of things that happen and you don't learn kind of the whole truth. And so, you know, basically you kind of end up being like, oh yeah, like the, you know, every America was really bad and racist until the 1960s. And then Martin Luther King got killed and everyone was like, all right, we should stop being racist now. And spoiler alert, that is not the end of the story uh, as it turned out. And so uh, that just became something that the uh, God really put in my heart. And uh, really, you know, gave me a, a heart for is not just, I would say, uh, not just the the aspect of, of pursuing justice and, and in multiple ways, which I think is, you know, just a, a part and parcel of our calling as Christians. But I think uh, the way that I've been thinking about it more recently is how, you know, how like a lot of people connect to God in different ways outside of just. Like scripture and prayer and church, like those ways are important. But, you know, like people talk about they see God in nature and they see God in, um, you know, in the work that they do or in, in, you know, athletes talk about when they play sports like they're they're using their body for God. And so it's like that. That's how they kind of connect with God. One thing that I have realized recently is that I really connect with God through people and, and specifically people that are outside of kind of my typical demographic of white American man. So love, I love getting to connect with people from, from other countries. I love getting to connect with people of different races and ethnicities and people who just have very different cultures than I do, but also people that are, uh, still, you know, still, we still worship the same God. And I think it's such a beautiful picture to me of, of the gospel and really one of the biggest honestly like apologetics um you know like one of the biggest defenses and one of the biggest like plus signs for christianity is that it's not just a a culture-bound faith like you see the same god that is worshipped by like poor migrant farmers in peru is worshipped by uh underground house churches in china and it's worshipped by uh you know mining executives in um in Africa and it's, it's worshiped by like old, um, you know, British people living in the, in the English countryside and it's worshiped in America. So it's, it's a global, we really are a global faith. Um, and that's one of the beautiful things I love about Christianity. It's, it's the, one of the things that lets me, um, you know, kind of feel and see God's presence a lot more. Um, and then the hard thing with that is that, you know, a lot of times, particularly in, in, you know, in the context that I'm in, in the context of the United States is that, There are not a lot of people that feel that way and they feel actually the opposite, that, you know, we just need to kind of stick in our own silos and and do things one way. And I think like for particular groups of people that may be necessary, but I think the heart of the Lord is ultimately for us to be a tribe and a church of of every uh, tribe, tongue and nation um, that we will be uh, we will be just this beautiful mosaic, this beautiful rainbow tapestry of people. And that's something that's really important to me. Uh, and I think the, the outward implications of that are, are fighting for justice for people in um, in these different groups. And in America, a lot of times that means fighting for basically people that are, that are non-white. Um, and again, like, you know, I'm sure somebody's kind of freaking out by now. So it's not that I don't care. I'm white myself. So it's not that I don't care about non-white people, but it's just looking at or it's not that I don't care about white people. It's just looking at. How um, these groups have been historically marginalized and what we can do to bring the righteousness of God to bear on that. Um, So that's a long tangent. All that to say, like, again, like, so Gospel Coalition wasn't getting really any of that, but there were people that were kind of moving in that way. I think of groups of like Sojourners and and, uh, Evolving Faith and and just kind of how those groups were really kind of pushing into the, the social justice. Uh, angle of the Christian faith and and they did such a good job of of bringing that in and, and talking about it and really sort of pushing back on the the narrative that God doesn't care about these things and that we should just preach quote unquote the gospel whatever that means and and so I think I really was interested at first and I know that like a ton of people my own age who who kind of had similar experiences of doubt and you know. "Quote deconstruction," you know. Close quote. Uh, they, yeah, they they kind of really appealed to to us and our sense of of righteousness, of justice, of wanting to do these things. the The issue for me came when I started to read, you know, some of these. Uh, you know, some of the books that people were, were saying and, and you know, and articles they were writing and, and whatnot. And, and it's not that I thought everything that they said was wrong by by any stretch of the imagination. They got a lot of things really, really right. But for me, a lot of those people, I guess you would call them the quote-unquote kind of like progressive Christian spaces, were very quick to kind of chuck things as bad and wrong or or just unimportant that i was kind of like wait a minute this is this is kind of a big deal like people were people were very quick in in those spaces and things that i saw like people were very quick to just kind of say the bible doesn't necessarily matter in, in what it says or it doesn't matter if you pray to the Christian God, it just kind of matters that you pray to some sort of spiritual deity or, you know, it doesn't matter that Jesus was actually the son of God, quote unquote. And, or it doesn't matter that he didn't rise or whether or not he rose from the dead is kind of irrelevant. And for me, and I think, uh, at least kind of my my hope in in starting Orthodox school was kind of like, To me, it felt like if those things aren't if those things aren't true. Then any of that other stuff that you're kind of like the preaching and and pointing out is is pointless, like there's there's literally no worth in doing the things that you're doing if that stuff didn't happen or if that stuff is just you need to kind of just discard it or like not think about it like there are so many other like if you if your worry is about being like a good moral person or something like that. Like there are so many systems in the world that would let you do that, uh, without, you know, having to buy into something like the Christian faith. And it also just seemed like an interesting, to me, it never really clicked as to why you would believe something that was ostensibly false. You know what I mean? Like so many people, whatever you say about like the early Christians, one thing you you have to say is that they did not, they did not think that Jesus wasn't the son of God, that he wasn't, uh, that he didn't rise from the dead, that all of, you know, they weren't just like, well, he was just a really good guy. So we should try to like do all of these, you know, things that he taught us to do. Like, those dudes, as soon as they saw Jesus die, they ran for the hills because they knew that their teacher was was dead and that basically that they were probably going to be next. And, and it's like, you see them go from that to all of a sudden they're being martyred and they're being killed for, you know, for their beliefs. And it's like, did they really just flip because they were like, you know what, I think, you know, when we ran away, like, that was just silly. We shouldn't have done that. We should have done what our leader Jesus would have done and continued to just do good works to uplift all of society and, you know, serve the poor. And if people kill us for that, then that's on them sort of thing. It's like, no, like these people clearly believed something crazy happened because they were literally willing to die for, (laughs) for that. And so I say all that to say, like, I couldn't find any places on the internet that, or, or on any sort of discipleship resources or spiritual formation or anything like that, that was willing to take the truth claims of Christianity, seriously, willing to talk about scripture and theology and the Bible in a, in a serious way without just chucking things that they didn't like or disagree with, but also believed in the importance of living out our life for God in every sphere of our life. And that includes living our life, um, uh, trying to enact social justice. And God was kind of like putting it on my heart to be like, okay, well, there's nothing. Why don't you start something? And I was like, God, I I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I'm not a I'm not a leader. I'm not a I'm a big ideas guy. I'm a terrible executor. Uh, And so I really pushed, you know, that thought away. It was just kind of like, you know, I'll just keep looking. Somebody will find it somebody will start it and get it kind of get it going. And yeah, that it couldn't find anything, kept kept really sort of thinking about it. And really just, you know, as, as things became more polarized as, as both progressive and more conservative Christians started to really double down and be like, you know, we're, we're going to be extra hard this way. We're going to be extra hard that way. And I was kind of like, oh man, I I mean, even if it's just for myself, I'm going to start this thing, (laughs) and and you know, hopefully, there are other people out there. So the way I've described it to people is is feeling like I'm on an island, uh, you know, wondering if anyone else out there is kind of feeling the same way I feel, where it's like you're you're you value the the orthodox Christian faith, you value you know the the stuff that's found in the creeds, you value scripture. And, and then you also value justice and you value doing good work at your jobs and creating good art. And, and you value really just like integrating your faith into all of your life. It matters that you're a Christian in every part of your existence, including your embodied existence, your, your job, your, your relationships, and, and those things as well. And so I... Decided to create this this page, and I wrote a few blogs. I created some social media and got connected with some really great people. And here we are. Um, And and I don't really know kind of what is going to come next for this. You know, my goal is just to kind of ride with this podcast and to continue to write and and hopefully soon, um, you know, bring in other people to write as well. I think that will be, you know, another way to just kind of continue to grow as a community and to um you know really start to to uh build something special that way and and i've kind of i the way that i look at myself in a lot of ways is is to i think of myself as kind of like nick fury and if you've ever seen the avengers movies in that nick fury saw these incredible individuals and all the different things they were doing and he started to bring them all together and 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 bring them under one banner and under one team and in many ways like that is kind of my goal with orthodoxical is that there are so many good organizations out there uh, doing work in their specific field uh, but they they're not necessarily connected to people that are doing work in a different field that are really doing amazing stuff and so you know, my goal is to just be a place where people can, you know, if they if they have questions about science, I can be like, hey, we'll talk about silence or science. Here's BioLogos. So you can talk about science with them or you want to learn about apologetics. Well, here go to Jude 3 or the Veritas Forum or um, you want to find uh, resources on racial justice Well, you can go to you can go to the witness or you can go to the um, you can go to, to uh, Be the Bridge or Melanated Faith or, you know, we want to talk about politics. You can go to the And Campaign and, and, you know, basically just like bringing all of these people that are doing different, amazing work in their own specific fears and kind of bringing them together to form one team. For Christians who kind of feel like I'm looking at um, these, you know, different things and wondering, OK, like what does God have to say? about this? Or like, what is, how does my faith relate to this particular area? Like, how do I figure this out? And yeah, that's my goal. And that's kind of what orthodoxical is, is, uh, is meant to be. And, and I hope, um, you know, that it continues to be a place where people find solidarity and people find, uh, and good, uh, solid, uh, Christian content that speaks to who they are and what they're looking to be and become in Jesus and that's essentially my story uh thank you guys so much for for listening to me ramble for this long i I appreciate it i appreciate uh, appreciate you all sticking through the stuttering and the the likes and the ums and uh you know i'm continuing to (laughs) to kind of work on all that stuff so yeah i'm excited for what this uh what this can become and i hope you guys will come back for more episodes all right i will see you all later and take it easy